there is, the best there was, or the best there ever will be. What it is, is what it is. The heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, the showstopper. Oh yeah, I am the game. Welcome to the premiere episode of the... Stable, the wrestling podcast for the smart person, smart Mark. Uh, I am Chris Phoenix, and joining me is Distorted Zero. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, sir. Thank you. <coughs> oh, thank you for giving me that moment to cough. <laughs> uh, so this is the wrestling show that we're going to do, uh, and and it's it, it's really a breakdown of things. Yeah, we could talk about the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, I have friends that are wrestlers. You know, everybody kind of knows somebody. If you really like wrestling, you eventually kind of know somebody that uh, knows somebody that can get you an autograph or something. Mm. Uh, we don't want to talk about the inside kayfabe stuff. We want to talk more the the mark, the smart mark. You know, the things that what you're seeing, the product you're seeing on the outside, not behind the scenes. You know, I don't, I don't care that Randy Orton is probably the most well-educated on uh, on personal hygiene ever. <laughs> <laughs> or lotions ever in the history of wrestling. But uh, we want to talk more about, you know, the wrestling that we grew up with in our in our age group. You know, we, were, we grew up pre-attitude ever. Mm-hmm. You know, Saturday mornings watching WWWF. I watched when um, when uh, Hogan won the belt from Sheik. That was like my first memory of wrestling that I remember anyway. And then, um, you know, after that I was hooked. Of course, you know, Hogan was larger than life. I mean, they really kind of pushed him into something other than what he was. And then Rocky... Uh, you know, how about you? Where do, where do you remember your first memories? I I would say it was probably pre WrestleMania one. Um, Rowdy Piper and and just that whole Cindy Lauper Hogan feud that MTV oh, yeah. stuff was just it was it was huge and it it took professional wrestling to a national level where everybody knew storylines they knew who hogan was they they knew who piper was yep. it was just it made it even more larger than life than pro wrestling already was at that point it was really that was when i fell in love with it and got hooked yeah. i remember watching you know and then you always have a friend that has you know i don't know around here anyway you well you grew up in new england too so it's like mm-hmm. around here uh, you you had <laughs> You you had like your choice. Like you always had somebody that. Oh, dude, did you watch NWA? What's NWA? Oh, dude, you got to check it out. It's like Saturday nights, ten o'clock on cable. Well, I ain't got fucking cable yet. As soon as you get cable, you start hearing about these different things, like late night stuff, and you start catching, you know, the Texas mm-hmm. stuff with the Von Erics. You catch a couple of those, and you see. All you have to do is see the Von Erics in that day. You know, you see the Von Erics enter the ring, and you're like, whoa, what the hell is this all about? Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching... Well, uh, that was what was amazing about 
things, you know, back back then, I don't think kids realize it now, is there was so many different regional promotions that, you know, Ric Flair was the NWA champion. But if you grew up on the East Coast and you weren't catching the, um, the Turner shows, right. Hogan was your champ. Hulk yeah. Hogan was the world champ. Yeah. So there was, you know, and then you talked about the Von Erichs. I mean, you wouldn't know who the Von Erichs were. But when you did catch them wrestling and you saw the reaction they got going to the ring, even though you had never heard of them before, you knew they were stars right. just from that reaction. Uh, yeah, exactly, I, exactly. I think a lot of young kids take that for granted. They, they, they're just used to one or two promotions getting TV time. We had multiple promotions getting TV time. Yeah, it was, a, it was rare TV time, but it was TV time nonetheless. You were still, mm-hmm. They were still getting it. And you were having cross-promotion work things like that and then came the attitude ever where we were you know in our teens our 20s you know and, and it just it, it was perfect it was it, it was the direction in some aspects that wrestling needed to go uh in the attitude ever it, it brought wrestling to yet like you said zero another level the storylines got more intricate um more lifelike, and these wrestlers, and I do say, and Zero agrees with me, wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yes. entertainers, but I love me some wrestlers. Yeah. And these were wrestlers. They tell a story in the ring. That's their job. That's what mm-hmm. they do. In the in in the encyclopedia of wrestling, how to tell the story in the ring should have Ric Flair next to it. Yes. <laughs> you know, it pretty much be I mean- kind of. Was the first, in my opinion. Well, Flair, the thing about Flair was he was so amazing because no matter who you put him in the ring with, he could tell a great story. I mean, he could work with guys who were mid-card and he could make them believable main eventers. He was just, he had the art of not only making himself look good, but putting over the guys he worked with. And I... You know, I almost feel like that's become kind of a lost art. Oh, absolutely. I think with a lot of young wrestlers especially, all they think about is how they can make themselves look good, how they can be a star. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the concern that the past generation of wrestlers, guys like Terry Funk, they just <laughs> they don't think in those terms of, hey, I'm going to make this guy look, look I, great I, I really and it's going to make me look great in I comparison. I think that's a bad you know? example. Right off the cuff. Because Terry Funk will do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, he's a great guy and everything, but I don't know if that was the best example because Terry Funk is just, he's out of his mind. Well, he is, but I can only go by things that I've read because, you know, Terry Funk and Mick Foley are such great friends. I can only yeah. go by things that Mick Foley would always say about Terry Funk, which yeah. was he really cared about putting over younger guys. Absolutely. And he really believed in making. Everybody looked like a star, which I think is kind of a dying art now. I think a lot of people, as long as they're getting over and they're getting the push, they're happy. They don't really think about the whole card. It's the seven-move wrestling now, you know, outside of TNA, which is the Hogan promotion, and that's a whole other topic. But that's where we come from, and we just want to bring some of the quick news to you and, you know, things that happen during the week and what we think that, you know, the wrestling's turning out, how it's looking on this end, not from the behind the scenes. Yeah, from but from a end. fan's perspective. Yeah. As an older fan, because face it, uh, we're the ones paying the bills. We're the ones getting our kids involved. We're the millions that are still watching at home. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're filling up arenas, but it's us taking our kids. <laughs> you got to come see this show. Though, mm-hmm. so, thank God I didn't have to explain Sable to my children. <laughs> that would have been awkward. That would have been really awkward. All right, so uh, first story we have is Shane Douglas. Did you read mm-hmm. this one? He, did you hear about what he did? He snuck into Raw. Yes, um, wore a mask and went to the Philadelphia Raw Super Show and did his best to create a giant scene um, and was escorted out of the building. So yeah. He wasn't invited, though. From what I hear, Tilly was not invited. This was not a shoot, mm-hmm. apparently. Well, this is a shoot, I should say. It's not a work. Um, he bought a ticket. Put on a mask, hopped the fence, took off the mask in Philadelphia, started yep. chanting ECW. Um, again, WWE production is so freaking phenomenal that he barely even got on TV. Yeah. Barely. And as for audio, as we all know, <laughs> they can pump in any audio they want. No, oh, oh, yeah. I, we've seen mm-hmm. that happen from chants yep. to uh, cheers. I mean, so, what, so this just all comes from... Apparently, they're doing another extreme kind of reunion. So this is what he was trying to do is promote that, basically. Yeah, which Ah. is in Philadelphia. Good on him. I I think it was the wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. But again, Shane Douglas has got a lot of bad blood with a lot of bad – with a lot of people. So – I don't. He's not the type that, from from what I hear, he's not the type that's going to get invited to the back. But I don't know. You know, I'm not a wrestler. I don't pretend to be. Um, Yeah, we know it's fake. (laughs) <laughs> before anybody start. Yeah, I got that. But again, if you want to address the fake issue, you you jump twenty sto- twenty feet and yeah. land on your back and tell me how it feels. I, I just I think that's something that always has frustrated me as a wrestling fan is nobody goes up to a stunt performer and says, you know, oh, what you do is fake. I mean, they yeah. take risks that could end their lives to make something look incredible. Absolutely. No one discredits them for that, but yet professional wrestlers never seem to get that same level of respect. Yeah. They're doing the same thing. They're stunt performers. I mean, they're yeah. taking risks day in and day out. Yep. They, they, it's, look, it's, it's a dance. You know, if you want to know where the heart is of wrestling, in my opinion, and this goes for TNA and WWE creative, yeah. uh, you know, this is not, we see what's going on and we're getting frustrated and the money's going to end. You know, you're building your empire. And the money's going to eventually end uh, if you keep up the same thing that you're doing. Because the product that you're putting out, unless you're giving them freedom, isn't really a good product. The Funkasaurus is not a good product. (laughs) (laughs) What did he do to somebody to have to get, you know, did he piss off Triple H? Did he hit on Stephanie? Why is he? Why did he get that gimmick? <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I don't understand how WWE creative sometimes can be so sharp and so on point and do some really creative things. But then they take a big monster and they're afraid to just let him be a big monster. They're like, "We're gonna give him a dancing gimmick. Let him come out and dance. That'll it's, be great." It's a horrible I mean, gimmick too. It's just not in him. It, like it doesn't look like it's in him. You dig? <laughs> it's it's a really bad yeah. gimmick and, and they're gonna stop doing that stuff i i mean let the wrestler be a wrestler you know uh you know let the product develop uh zach Ryder is not as popular as he is without his gimmick that he created 
Yes. You know, and that, and he pushed himself and worked on. And, you know, a lot of classic wrestlers, if you read their books and a lot of people that might watch the show don't have the time or want to read an entire novel dedicated to wrestling, but we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the early guys, the greats in wrestling will tell you that it's, it's a developmental thing. You know, mm-hmm. Jim Crockett is one of my all-time favorite people. To, to listen to, if you want to listen to shoot interviews on YouTube, which I do a lot, mm-hmm. uh, Crockett's one of the best because he's absolutely right. Developmental should be exactly what it is, developmental. It takes time to develop a talent. If this guy is going to be the scariest guy in wrestling for the next eight months, you know, you need to build him as that. Yep. You know, but he, he also has to have somewhat of a look or something – Something's got to give there to make him a you know a huge star. Spud Dudley was a huge star because he he really could take a beating because he knew how to take a beat. Yes, yep. So he was like the Rey Mysterio without a mask and the lucha lucha style. So that that was kind of like I don't know. I just think they're missing the boat on wrestling, you know. And it's the same thing with the dirt sheets. The dirt sheets start reporting ridiculous stuff like the mm. FCW closing developmental territory for WWE. Um, This is where the wrestlers go to develop their characters. And sometimes it's, it's done well. Sometimes it's not done so well. I think that really depends, but there was a big story that, uh, that the F F take it zero. (laughs) The FCW FCW is the, the rumor mill started up that FCW, which which is a developmental territory yeah. in Florida, yeah. was actually being closed down, that they were going to shut it down. Um, it, hmm. it, it pretty much – it's kind of hit the point where – It wasn't really to, something when you, that – When you read the story, when you look at it, and you especially look at you know Triple H's comments about it, you can see that there was some truth to the rumors. There was pieces well, of it that kind of – are along the lines of what's happening, but it just—it's a prime example of the dirt sheets just jumping the gun and because they reporting things thing. just are so off the mark. Right, FCW lost. Well, it didn't even lose. Brightwire just basically canceled their TV contract. Period. Yes. End of story. Mm-hmm. They were done with it, so they have no more TV. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? That's a huge part of developmental. So they needed another. FCW is not closing. No. They're still staying. Number one, they're developmental. Number two, they they still draw. You know, it's just no TV, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, there was also rumors that I read somewhere about um, a possible developmental territory in Connecticut. Connecticut, yes, mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. I think that's a great idea. I drive, I drive to Connecticut to go see it um, from Rhode Island, without a doubt, to see a developmental territory. Uh, OVW is no longer developmental territory, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things up there are unfortunate. But uh, I read an article, and it was pretty interesting because it stated something like, you should, uh, with Triple H in charge now, maybe he's, he'll move that because rumor was that he was thinking about having more developmental territories, and I think that's a hell of an idea. Yes. Because having one is tough. Having two was tough. You know, where do you send, guys? If you put one on each coast, I mean, you got Lance Armstrong's school, Mm-hmm. You know, you got Memphis with Jerry. 
So you have a lot of spots where you could put one in. I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's an absolutely phenomenal idea. I, and I think it just – that's the kind of – you think of all the years that people complained about you know, Triple H and his relationship with Stephanie and you know, him having too much power in the company. But he's a prime example of a guy who had to create his character. Over a course of years, he had to work to become Triple H. He had to work to become the guy you know today. I think if anyone appreciates development and, and getting – these young wrestlers, the experience they need to grow into top hands, he'd be the guy. I I think uh, in a lot of ways, Triple H gets a bad rap in a lot of ways because he, yes, he definitely knows what he's doing. I was talking to another guy, a wrestling fan, about this today. Um, you know, Triple H is a smart guy, but let's not forget he lives and breathes wrestling, period. Mm-hmm. End of story. He is a wrestler's wrestler. He is a student of the game. He knows, like Zero said, he knows what it's like to build a gimmick or, or to build a character, for lack of a better term. He, he, you know, speaking on the mic, you know, he knows how to do all these different things, all these different talents. And you know what? He fell in love with a hot chick. Let's face it, <laughs> Stephanie with the new boobs was pretty friggin' hot. Yep. Plain and simple. And she's not dumb. She knows the business very yes. well. Um, you know, she paid attention. So the dynamic duo, yeah. Now you have the problem of egos. You have the problem of friendships. You have all that stuff creeping in. Um, will they make smart moves? Who knows? Will they do the friendship thing? Who knows? But again, when you're when you're running an arm of a multi-million dollar corporation, you have people to answer to. Yeah, you know this isn't a you know I hate to again talk about behind the scenes stuff, but Triple H is CEO of this particular arm, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to make decisions based on you know profits, not friendships. Yeah. It's the future. It's his family's future too. His kids, his right. wife. You know, this company right. is his future too. His family. Yeah, I really can't see him wanting to see it go down the toilet you know right. i mean it just right to go sign up try to protect it. you know to sign up uh hall when you're not actually sure that he's fully clean yet mm-hmm. you know or ready to work because nash said so or yeah. the fact that you're listening to nash period yeah it, it, but that that's a different story entirely <laughs> listening to nash um oh oh uh do you hear who might become a who might be coming back the re- yes, the return of the A train. Yes. Like that's that's well, pretty it's, fantastic. It's in not my opinion. Be I the A train was I, always a fan of his. Yeah. I always thought he was a great big man, and he's yes. gone to Japan. He's had a great run in Japan. I know he's getting a little older now, but I think you know he'd be a perfect fit. Again, you you got Triple H in charge. He's going to look at talent that has matured. Mm-hmm. Are they at the end of their run? No. Can you get another five years out of them? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I mean, don't think for one minute that people... I just feel like he's a great stiff style wrestler. You know, he's got that Japanese stiff style. He's a big, yep. strong, powerful guy. He knows how to be intimidating. He knows how yep. to be a monster character and a beast. Size eight hat. I think he'd be perfect. <laughs> Remember that, JR? Used to talk about his head size all the time. Yep. <laughs> Got the biggest training in ever. <laughs> JR, God bless him. That I you know, JR should just he's one of those guys. Hey, hey, uh WWE. Listen up. 
Uh, JR needs to be on every single WrestleMania, period. Mm-hmm. He he just needs to be commentating. It's just the way it should be. You know, you should bring some of those back. And it's not, oh, let go, you know. No. JR calls a great match. You know, he does. Uh, people talk about, you know, the great people that called matches and stuff. And there was great teams. I think JR is just, he can work with a lot of people. And I, I think he's phenomenal at it. But A train well, back. JR knows the art of just like great wrestlers in the ring know how to tell a story in the ring. Yep. JR knows the art of telling the story from that mic position. He mm-hmm. knows that the drama of what's going on and the characters are more important than doing and don't get me wrong, I love Joey Styles, but it's more important than just calling every hold. You know, it's it's more about the the angle, the feud, the character. Not that Joe I love Joey Styles. I thought he was great, but I just feel like you don't need to tell the fans the name of every hold. They know, or it's not even that important. It's <laughs> See, I think if you slide it in, I disagree. I think if you slide it in, I, I think it's good. Like, I like Tanae. I think Tanae's a good... I, I like the way Tanae calls a match when he's left alone without a headset or somebody screaming in his headset. Because well, you know that's it's... happening. Oh, TNA. First of all, let's talk about TNA. Before we okay. before we give the, the uh, WrestleMania, next week we're not going to do a show um, okay. because it's WrestleMania. We want to watch WrestleMania. <laughs> no shit. Um, but I want to uh, talk about TNA first. <laughs> oh, TNA, 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 TNA. Uh, I don't know what the hell they have going on over there. Do you? Have you figured it out at all yet? I it is one of the most frustrating programs to watch because it seems like every time I feel like they're making a smart choice, they're finding their own voice and their own vision and doing something unique, they take five steps back for the two that they took forward. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. As a fan, I just I don't I don't know like, who's calling the shots over there and I yes, I just don't know what's happening. Yes. It's, it's the Hogan show all over again. It's yep. it's just it's turning into WCW all over again, and for the life of them, they can't figure out why. And, and it's like right in front of their face. And and I, and I want to throw it out there, but I got to say it. Don't blame Jared. He's not around. Zero. No, I know no, you despise I... this man, but. I, I could it, take my little around. things at him all I want, but he is not the problem with TNA no. right now. <laughs> he certainly is not. No, for once, for once, he's not really getting into it. He's doing the thing down in uh, was it Mexico, getting yes. that promotion thing going, promotion going in India. I think that's phenomenal. There's huge wrestling fans around the world that don't get the breaks that they should because they don't have the opportunities in yep. those countries. Uh, especially India. Oh, some of those high flyers in India are, are awesome. amazing. International pro- wrestling is it, it was the lifeblood of wrestling. Look at what we look at the styles that we're so used to now. They came out of Japan. They came out of Mexico. Right. I think it's important to have people who have the foresight enough to go around the world, mm-hmm. expand wrestling and find that talent and nurture it. I think that's great. I mean, I'll, I'll give them all the <laughs> credit in the world to doing that. <laughs> but you but what wrong person? What's that? <laughs> wrong person to do it? No, you don't. No, I honestly, I will not. Or is I that really just because you want Jared out of the country? Jarrett right now, I can't. 
I can't really – I is can't it? hate on him right now. <laughs> We're talking about all the broken issues with TNA. I, I've got so much venom to spew. I know, but he's not it, and it's just, yep. you know, you got AJ working great. You got Christopher Daniels working great. Hey, you know what? Let them finish this whacked-out storyline because it's yes. got to end somewhere. Don't kill it midway, Hogan. No. <laughs> because you want to push wreck that was WCW, you know? Because I mean, you want to push At Brooke? the end, they would just... They'd just stomp on a storyline. The storyline wouldn't be working well, and they would just – you tuned in next week, and it was just like it never happened. It was gone. It's yeah. the wrong direction to take. You can't do that. You really can't do that. One thing I would do, uh, TNA personally, is I would call Crockett, kiss his ass a little bit, and see if he'll come help you out because the man <laughs> the man can book a show. No, no doubt about it, the man can book, you know, and that's kind of what you need right now because you need to get your heads out your ass. Yeah. Now let's get on to WrestleMania, which is going yes. to be an interesting card. Um, first up, we have uh, Randy Orton versus Kane. Mm-hmm. Who are you going with? Because we're not going to see each other until after WrestleMania. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a strange kind of came together a little late yeah. um, matchup. Personally, I, I could go either way. I mean, I think both guys. Kane's at a point in his career where he's a great villain. And and they can use him for that. He's still really solid in ring. Getting a win over Randy Orton, I don't really know if he needs it. I mean, I don't know where they're going to take him. Um, you would think that Randy is their 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 big guy, the guy mm-hmm. that they're going to build for years to come. So you would you'd think the win would be more important for him. But I just I, it's kind of a. One of those matches where I just feel like they kind of threw it together to fill in the card, and I I just don't think it has a lot of the. Uh, drama behind it that a lot of the other matches further on down the card do. So, I mean, eh, I'd like to see Randy win it. I just think he probably <laughs> could use it, I guess. <laughs> Randy could use the W. <laughs> yeah, just toss him away, you know. I mean, you know he's going to be back in the title picture in no time, so come on. All right, here's, uh, here's Phoenix's take on it. Phoenix's take on it is this. <laughs> Phoenix's take is that... Um, which we'll get to later. Undertaker has to retire. He's he's just getting older. It is what it is. Uh, we'll get to one of two possible scenarios that I think is going to happen later. Uh, but but with the Undertaker Kane, I agree with Zero. It was thrown into wrestling. Why? Because they both work hell of a match and they're veterans. Period. End of story. They put asses in the seats. Randy does. He's a good-looking guy. Takes care of his body. <laughs> People underrate his talent so much. Yes. If you want an example, watch the, should have got the slammy, the backflip, the born. Um, oh, the RKO. The RKO on, on, Evan Ra- Bourne. Uh, on Evan Bourne. Oh, my God. Evan Bourne does a backflip, a full yeah, backflip off the I, top rope. I'm very far in the name of his move, but he's, he's doing that backflip, and just as he's coming around, Randy hits the RKO. It was one of the craziest things I've ever it, seen. It was fantastic. The reason why, people, is because Randy was laying flat on the apron. It's not like he was standing up acting woozy. He was laying flat back on the apron. You thought for sure Kevin Bourne's hitting the top rope. He's going to hit his, his five-star move. Match is over. Randy, somehow, in the time that Evan Bourne is up in the air doing this backflip, Randy gets up, grabs him, and RKO's him, which is kind of like a diamond cutter or or a stone cold cutter, depending on whatever wrestling you're used to. 
Um, I say King gets squashed in this match. Randy over gets o- Randy gets over uh, because again, like you said, I agree. He's going into the uh, title picture. Uh, good opening match. If that's the opening match, I'm not really sure what's going to be the opening match quite yet. Yeah. Uh, next one up is the ladies' match: Maria Kelly Kelly versus Beth Phoenix Eve Torres. It's one of those matches where I just hope it's you know Beth Phoenix is amazing. I'm a big Absolutely. fan. I think Eve Torres is talented. Agreed. Um, I just hope it's one of those matches that's no more than ten minutes. I mean, I really just don't <laughs> don't think it needs to go any longer than that. Um, this is when I make sure everybody in the room is comfortable. They have beverages. Yep. Um, you know, everybody's got a little dip, little little table. You know, that's what you got to do with Maria and those guys. I, I love you guys, but uh, you know, Kelly Kelly, yes, you're working a great match for your age and your look and everything. Maria, you always work a good match. Beth, you're you're Beth Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I mean, yeah, right. Eve, you're doing what you can out there. But let's face it, three out of four of them are divas. They're not wrestlers. Yeah, not at all. They wrestle a good match, but they're not wrestlers. Yeah, Beth Phoenix just, would literally destroy all four of them it's in just a heartbeat. A slot. It's, it's what I consider a slot filler match. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just there yeah. to take up a little spot. Yeah, if you're booking, this is, this is the pretty match. No. <laughs> um, all right, so next one's Cody Rhodes uh, versus Big Show for the title. This, to me, Cody Rhodes needs this win. I think he's a talented kid. Yep. I think he's got a lot of charisma. I yep. I hated his gimmick for a while, but he's really worked it well. Exactly. Um, he's built his yes. He's worked, he took a gimmick that I felt I felt like dumb. are they punishing this kid? Yeah. Like why are they giving him this gimmick? He's made it work. Yep. He's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. Big shows getting towards the end of his run, let's face it. Mm. I think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got a new a few more years, but I really think that it comes when it comes down to this match. It's Cody all the way. He needs a he needs a solid one two three over the Big Show. I think it could solidify him. I agree. Uh, Cody working great matches. Big Show works a great match for a big guy. Yep. Um, he is getting a little bit older, looking for retirement. But I do not think the intercontinental intercontinental strap is for him. Not no, at all. no, I think he's, it needs to stay on Cody personally. Yeah, he's a he's a world heavyweight type of guy. So mm-hmm. why he's in this match again? It's it's a Cody match. I agree, Cody going over. Uh, mm-hmm. Next one is Daniel Bryan and Sheamus for the world heavyweight. Uh, first off, I'm really happy that this company that takes a lot of crap for not putting over these young guys or you know not making certain guys stars, they've put the world heavyweight championship on Daniel Bryan. They've let, him, way to keep it. they've let him run with it. They've let him be a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, it could go either way for me. If Daniel Bryant keeps it, mm-hmm. that's great. But I also feel like Sheamus has got a great look. He's, he's getting better and better as time goes on. He's the WWE's kind of wrestler, the big power guy. Yep. Throwing a strap on him. I mean, they put a belt on him and then knocked him back down, which is what they do a lot. He's worked his way back up. I think he. I think he's deserving. I think he's deserving to have a world, you know, heavyweight championship run for a while. So you're going with him. So I. I guess I got to say I want. I, you know, I'd probably prefer Sheamus to get the win on that one. <laughs> I prefer. I like that. I prefer Sheamus. It's because you don't want a big fucking Irishman like that showing up at your door. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> 
<laughs> I probably totally got the wrong area for that. Anyway, uh, my take on it, Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. I'm a decent fan of Daniel Bryan. This is Daniel Bryan's down. Mm. This is exactly what they did to Sheamus. So yep. I think I think that it's gonna it's gonna be Daniel Bryan is going to lose and lose decisively. I think it's gonna be one, two, three in the middle. Yeah. Um he's not gonna be able to get his DQ stuff or any of that shady stuff going. Sheamus is gonna take it, run with the US title as a face. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan because they went from Daniel Bryan as a face right to a heel. I think Daniel's gonna disappear for a while. Yeah. You know, and come back as a face. Uh, next match, Team Teddy versus Team Johnny. The battle for supremacy. Who ah. gives a rat's ass? I, I know. I, I really... To me, these kind of matches are always about just, hey, we've got a lot of talented guys that aren't on the card. So we'll create yep. some sort of tag team scenario so we can get a bunch of guys that deserve to be in a match in a match and get them on the card. I mean, really, who gives a shit? Sorry, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. The, impl- the implications of what comes out of it... Storyline-wise. ...mean really nothing. nothing. I, I just... Teddy Long is a phenomenal manager. John Laurinaitis is a terrible manager, but he is the head of talent relations. Who cares how the outcome yeah. is? I yeah, know. Yeah, it really... Yeah, it doesn't I'm, matter. I'm looking forward to some... I, I, can't, I can't tell you right now off the top of my head who's even on either one of the teams... But again, I, I know Christian is on Team Johnny. That's about Miz, it. <laughs> Miz is probably on one of the teams. You know, those two work a good match. So it's a lot of good people that can work a good match. Uh, and again, that's going to be a nice big break for the for the big three. Now, uh, what do you think is going to go first? Because you know, you know, Cena Rock's going to take uh, that's main event. But yeah. who's who's taking the real main event? Undertaker versus Triple H or Punk versus Jericho? I really feel like what they should do is and, – and, and they probably will because Triple H has always had the opinion that the world title belts should be main event. You know, they should Agreed. be – whenever it's a world championship, Agreed. it should be the main event. Yep, absolutely. Obviously, like you said, Cena Rock, that's – going to be the that's going to be the last match of the night there's nobody can follow Sorry, it. the fans the are going to be way too pumped i think it should be it should be taker triple h and then cm punk jericho and then cena and rock so so we'll take it like that the undertaker versus triple h how you see it with Shawn michaels as the special ref this is I tricky i think it could it's, go so many amazing ways to be let's right. face it you can have the wild it's Shawn michaels <laughs> is the wild card does he help <sighs> triple h Weasel's way into another Just WrestleMania. Screw Undertaker, or does he screw Triple H because he doesn't want Triple H doing what he couldn't do? He really could work that angle either way and build a future angle out of it. You, you have know? three phenomenal talents that don't need any writer's help. Mm-hmm. They are doing this on their own, so it really could go, you know, any way. Regard, like, don't get me wrong. They're not going to, you know, they already know what's going to happen. But I'm mm-hmm. saying the the people that developed this particular story arc, you know, really was, you know, those three probably sitting down plus creative doing their thing. But so so how how are you seeing it go? <laughs> I pretty, how I I should say how I want it to go is I want Taker to win, keep the streak intact. Because I feel like if you're either you give Taker the streak and let him have that forever, like undefeated at WrestleMania, or I would prefer if he's going to lose at WrestleMania, it's to a younger guy. Think of how you could elevate a young guy's career. 
if he's the guy that beats Undertaker at WrestleMania. So I feel like when it comes to Undertaker, Triple H, Undertaker wins because Michaels screws Triple H, okay. helps Taker hold on to it. And now you got a little angle you could work with Triple H and, and Sean. You know, I mean, Yet I know again. Sean's retired, but <laughs> yeah, I know again. But let's face it, those two guys in the ring together, it's gold every time. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're really that good with it. But they could go any different direction with this. It's hard, It's really hard to say. I'm going like this. Uh, I think Michaels is there just to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, Kane is a phenomenal talent that can actually take the Undertaker's, you know, um, you know, streak and, and continue yeah. on, so to speak. Um, I think that they could do a couple of things, but what I think could possibly happen is they'll give it to Triple H. He is a wrestler's wrestler. He's a CEO. He's a wrestler CEO. So he could actually take this. I see this more as a spot on a WrestleMania card forever. A streak match. You know what I mean? So Triple H wins in the Hell in the Cell. Michaels tries to interfere. You know, that gets squashed. Undertaker gets defeated. Triple H takes on the streak. But again, what I want to see <laughs> is Undertaker win and uh, kind of hand it off to his brother, so to speak, mm-hmm. to do it with the whole Kane being evil angle again. Yep. Uh, but I really think that Triple H is going to take it, and this is going to be one of those main cards that he can get into all the time, which also sets up Triple H, Shawn Michaels for WrestleMania 29. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. Next is go, yeah, go. <laughs> well, CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. It's for me, honestly, as you can see from the smile on my oh, face, me too. I'm pumped for this match. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think you got two of the best stick guys in the business. Two great in-ring personalities and performers. They've they're both just volatile, just exciting personalities. Um, I think it's great, and I really feel like this is a really great way for Jericho to kind of give the ultimate rub to Punk. You know, it's going to be a fantastic match. At the end of the day, CM Punk gets the one, two, three. Jericho kind of passes the torch. You know, to CM Punk, oh. I, I think that's would be great. I mean, I and I, I hope that's how it goes down. There's a lot of similarities between the two of those guys, right. so I feel like Jericho could really kind of pass the torch. Okay, to so CM you're Punk. going CM Punk clean. What's that? You're going CM Punk clean. I am. I'm not saying there's not going to be some crazy outside interference or just insanity, but. I would love to see just a clean one, two, three, or even submission, you know, tap out, but center of the ring, hopefully. All right. I'm, again, excited. This is what I'm paying for. It really is. I mean, yeah, I'm going to enjoy The Rock, seeing The Rock, but I could care less the winner of that one. Um, CM Punk versus Jericho is going to be an outstanding match. They can both just go and go and go in so many different styles. Um, They're going to tell a story in the ring. It's going to be a great match. As for uh, Chris Jericho putting over CM Punk, I say yes, but I say not a clean victory. I say okay. a dirty victory because you can set it up for another match. Again, it's the go-to match. It's a great match. It's tough to put it to book it in this card because of the way everything is. You know, like you said, it's a championship match. Mm-hmm. So I say this is going to be a dirty finish. CM which Punk continues holds it, the feud, which basically. will continue the feud. 
for nice. next uh, pay-per-view. And then the last one is John Cena versus The Rock, which I could – I really don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. You know there's going to be outside interference. No, I mean, you just know no, it. The no, Miz no, is no. going to get involved. No, no. I, I uh, hope The Miz gets involved. Oh, I'm sure on. we're going to see run-ins from a few <laughs> different people. It's going to be insanity. And, I mean, does it – I don't think it matters who wins. I mean – Yeah, it, I agree. Does Cena need the rub? No, at this point, really. I mean, sure, he could get the he should, he could get that clean pin over the Rock, much like Rock got it from Hogan. But I just don't think Cena needs it. He's already on that level. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I I guess it benefits Cena more to get the W than it does the Rock, because the Rock's probably gonna go back to do movies and be, be out of wrestling. And we've again. talked about this to our heart's extent on Xbox Live because. Let's face it, from a booking standpoint, Rock puts asses in the seats. Everybody on this card is getting paid, whether yeah. you're jealous or not. I mean, I'm as a wrestling fan, like we always say, on the outside, as a fan, um, I'm not happy to see The Rock back doing these one, two, three appearances mm-hmm. and these stupid long uh, segues. I don't like it. Uh, put him in matches. If he's back, he's back. If he uh. wrestles, I agree with Cena. If he wrestles, he wrestles. You know, but you come back once in a while, yeah. do a couple of things, talk on the mic, and then you're gone. Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's it's kind of one of those things with The Rock where it makes it more special when he disappears for a while then comes back. People just – I think people – when you see a guy every night, you can, you can lose that magic and get a little stale. The Rock disappears for a while. He comes back. People eat it up. He's obviously – Never, he hasn't lost a step on the stick or in ring from right. what we've seen up to this point. So, you know, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, he has a, lost it's a little cool. Bit, the, the fact that they built this match for over a year is also something that doesn't happen in this day and age in right. wrestling anymore, which I thought was pretty cool as well. Again, but when I heard it, I thought it was, I thought it was just horrible. I, I really thought it was just like really. For for cash, because <laughs> that's all I could see was asses in the seats. Yeah, uh, with that match when it was booked. So, all right, that's about it. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, we're gonna have uh, stick stick style our gaming show coming up next. Uh, but that's it for this week's stable. We're gonna take next week off, and then we'll come back with some more wrestling news for everybody. All kinds of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, thanks a lot, right. Zero, for being here. You don't have anything else to say? <laughs> okay. You gotta beat the man! Yeah. Yep. Oh, sir.